For today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how the Marvel Universe has expanded from just Thor, Iron Man, and the basic stock characters of the Marvel comics to its newer characters, to Disney+, Plus, to Netflix TV shows, and to all the new characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Joey Shields. My name is Paul Briones. And I'm Sam Harms. So, starting with Phase 3, we have a lot more cosmic films, a lot more diverse films, and also a greater expansion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU. Um, We have... A lot more people are getting representation in these movies, which is incredibly important, and we're starting to branch out from just boring old Earth, an expansion that started with the original Avengers film, when they first introduced all the aliens and Loki and stuff, and now we're getting into the Guardians of the Galaxy, we're getting Captain Marvel who goes out into space, we're getting Doctor Strange who branches into magic, and we're getting all these characters that are just starting to bring new elements into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Yeah, I think a lot more people are getting interested in Marvel now, because, like, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy films, like, they're funny. Like, they're for adults, but they're also kind of, like, childish sometimes, you know? Like, a lot, there's a lot more, like, demographics being reached with these new Marvel movies. Like, you know, it's not just, like, comic book fans anymore. It's, like, people that want to have a good time can watch these movies. Exactly, and I think that's really, like, that really started with the introduction of Ant-Man, like, yeah, you know, we have a good uh, starting point for people to hop on with. I mean, if you wanted to do it in, like, um, what's it called? Like, the timeline, like, Captain America in the 40s. Yeah, when... Captain Marvel in the 90s. Like, Yeah, you know. they're just jumping back in time, bringing back all this nostalgia, bringing back all these good memories, all these times, and they're really trying to include everyone into this universe. Exactly, but the other cool thing about that is, because they're prequels... It offers people a chance to hop on the Marvel train instead of, like, having to go into Endgame blind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Some of these movies, the way that they're uh, attempting to gain more of an audience for the Marvel Universe, the way they're doing it is just by including more people and getting more representation. Every character isn't a basic male anymore. You're getting guys like... Wakanda Man. Yeah, Wakanda. (laughs) Black Panther... (laughs) And T'Challa, who's including a whole new population. And then you have Captain Marvel and Black Widow women who are bringing different... Uh, yeah, different audience, you know, totally. Um, and I feel like this also helps with the smaller screen. So, like, obviously Daredevil was the first uh, character introduced on Netflix. And I think that's really important because um, blind people shows that they can kick butt too um the unofficial start to the marvel universe in 2004 when they destroyed the first daredevil movie (laughs) you're right (laughs) you're right um let's talk about charlie cox's uh daredevil though because he's on par um and i think that that really brings attention to a lot of um cool segues for the mcu because now that uh disney is creating its own streaming service we're gonna get a scarlet witch show a scarlet witch show um a winter soldier and falcon show a loki show and they're really going to expand on those characters and build foundations for the greater mcu yeah, but i feel like those characters 
have been like the focus of the MCU. Like, we spent a lot of time on like Loki and the Winter Soldier. Like, we had a whole movie dedicated to him and Captain America's like bond. Like, we've been spending a lot more time recently with like Scarlet Witch discovering her power. Like, I feel like there are other characters we can make like TV shows about. Like, Agents of Shield. Like, that's a strong show, but it like. Well, it isn't exactly a strong show, but it also, like, ties together a whole bunch of, like, other stuff that's going on, like, uh, they mentioned multiple times that, like, Age of Ultron's been going on, like, uh, Captain America, um, the Winter Soldier happened, like... Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. got brought down. Um, my favorite episode is whenever Sif comes down to Earth after Thor the Dark World. She, like, there's this Asgardian. It could have been a whole nother Avengers film. Um, this lady named Lorelai. Like, this is such a strong character-building and universe-building episode. Like, we never knew she existed before this show. Um, and she's one of the most compelling characters. Like, easily one of my favorite characters in the whole MCU. She can control men, I believe. Just men. Um, like, with her charm and her voice. She learned this ancient magic thing. And then Sif comes down and gets her. You know, it was like a two-episode event. It was really, really good, and as long as they keep doing stuff like that to, like, give us these background characters and other compelling villains, I think that they're going to take off. Yeah, like, they could make, like, a whole show about that. Instead of, like, focusing on the cosmic, because we've been spending a lot of time on the cosmic, like, they could focus on more, like, just Earth stuff that's going on. Like, if they made, like, a War Machine TV show and, like, just focused on, like, political stuff that was going on, because, like, the Ten Rings and stuff still exists and like um like they're there's like terrorist organizations like the people that kidnapped iron man are still around like hydra's probably still a thing like there's just a lot of stuff that's going on that we could really explore and i think i think that's really represented in the punisher tv show i don't know if either of you have seen it but it's just about an ex-marine who's like out for revenge i mean you know, he just kills a bunch of people. I mean, it's a really fun and fresh show. And I've talked to so many people who don't, like, follow Marvel movies, but they're, like, totally on board the Frank Castle bandwagon. You know, and it's just because he's such a down-to-earth character. And I think that's something that Marvel does really well. Like, with Ant-Man, who's just, like, your average dad who, like, split up from his wife, like, has a... Went to jail, was a bit of a felon, down-to-earth characters. Yeah, really relatable, you know? Yeah. That does bring up a really good point, though. The way that they're bringing in all these more relatable characters, like, nobody relates to Iron Man. He's a genius who makes millions and billions of dollars. Nobody relates to him. Nobody really relates to Captain America, either. I guess you could have before the whole mutation thing, but, like... They didn't really have many relatable characters, and now they're bringing in more relatable characters, like Doctor Strange before he learned magic, Captain Marvel before she got blown up by the core thing. Yeah. Like, they're just bringing in more relatable characters that audiences can bring more of a bond to. Exactly, and diversity doesn't have to be skin color or gender. It could easily be like, you know how we said, uh, Matt Murdock is blind, um, Captain America was weak, you know, uh, Peter Parker... You know, I think that there's this really great Stan Lee quote, praise, you know, R.I.P., but he's like, anyone can wear the mask. He specifically designed the Spider-Man suit to be full body coverage. That way, anybody could be in there. So whenever he's out fighting crimes, like, somebody could just be like, oh, yeah, they look like me. Perfect. Yeah, like, there are, like, multiple characters that are just, like, 
regular dudes. Like, they dressed up as, like, I think there was one guy that dressed up as Captain America. Like, he didn't have, like, anything. He just went and, like, fist-fought people in the street. Like, yeah. Like, Marvel's really good at showing that, like, really anyone can do anything if they're just, like, strong enough and willing enough to do it. Like, you don't need, like, a genius level intellect or, like, magic to be able to, like, save the world. Like, you know. Yeah. And this is kind of going back to uh, phase one, but I think that that's also really representative in Thor because we can see that, you know, nobody can relate to him <laughs> at all. I mean, literal god of thunder, glowing blue eyes, you know, he was born into that, you know? Um, however, they do a really good job of making him, like, an empathetic, apathetic, a relatable character in Infinity War just because he literally lost everything. Like, they stripped him down to the bone, and they said, you're gonna go put an axe through Thanos' chest. They even took his eye and everything. Like, they left him nothing. Literally nothing. And I... Kudos to Marvel, man. Like, they really take these literally otherworldly characters and give them compelling arcs and things. And I think that's something that they'll really focus on in Disney+. Plus. Yeah, like, Bucky Barnes, like, he was, like, a war prisoner. Like, and he just got, like messed up real bad and now he's just like really confused he doesn't really know what's going on but he's always just like willing to fight and that reaches to like even with characters like War Machine that reaches to a more like military audience who are like wow I didn't really know that there was like you know like a soldier out there fighting like purple dude from space like you know Black Widow attacked Thanos with a pistol you know like that's it you know you just gotta have a heart of gold and with these Disney Plus streaming shows that they're going to be coming out with, like the Scarlet Witch show, the War Machine show that should happen, they really need to make it more like the Netflix shows that they'd come out with in the past. Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, those three shows were all amazing in their own rights. All three of them were all rated over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes every single episode. They were all great shows, and even though they're canceled now because Disney doesn't want to work with Netflix anymore, it just shows that these shows have potential. They can do things, even though those characters were minor, they still were outstanding in their own right and brought in major audiences. Yeah, um, the Into the Spider-Verse villain, Wilson Fisk, is the Daredevil villain. So you have somebody with, you know, these literal Avengers-level powers, Spider-Man, facing off somebody with, like, Daredevil, who's just a blind dude from, uh, what, Hell's Kitchen? Oh, yeah, good. you know? He's just in there. He's doing his best to protect his people. And I think that's something that really reflects on the small-scale MCU. Yeah, like, even, like... Like Ant-Man, and I kind of like the first Iron Man. They fought like small people. Like Ant-Man, he fought like a businessman oh, who was right. kind of smart. And like Iron Man, he fought like a the terrorist. Fake man. The fake Mandarin, like, yeah. He fought like a terrorist organization. Like Marvel stuff, it can be powerful even when it's just like really small scale. Like Ant-Man and the Wasp, like it wasn't that great of a movie, but it was also like... They fun weren't, and fresh. Yeah, it was fun and fresh. They weren't exactly doing a lot. And then it was like, they're finding a businessman and like, you know. 
They're just this doing is it. really small scale stuff. The problem with being so small scale though is when they try and go big scale, a lot of the times their villains just miss. Like the Red Skull did not work. You're right. A lot of their major villains that they try and come up with because they're used to being so small scale with their villains, they just don't work sometimes. I think that's Marvel's big villain problem. Because for me, like, I didn't like anybody, any villain, except Loki until Age of Ultron. James Spader really sold me on that, but still, he didn't have a compelling motivation or anything in that movie. Destroy all humans, robots are God. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Um, you know, it's just really bland and overused. Whereas, we got the character introduction to Loki in Thor 1. He had motive for attacking Earth. Then we saw him in Thor The Dark World and Ragnarok and in Infinity War. I think what they need to do with their villains is really lace them through more. Like uh, Bucky, um, I know he's not a villain, but like he did like, kind of break up the Avengers in Civil War because like, it introduced a compelling plotline where Captain America wanted to literally just fight for his friend. Yeah, like, um, like Ronan, like... He was fighting, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but he also, like, really wasn't fighting the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, exactly. They were talking about his motivation, but it was also, like, he was in the movie for, like, ten minutes. The rest of the movie was about, like, the Guardians. I don't even really know what they did. Like, they went to the Collector, they escaped from jail, and, like, they just met up with, um, the Ravagers, they were called. Yeah. Like, Whether it be Hela or, uh, uh what's his name? Ronan or whoever. I think that the um, small-scale films really do a better job with villains than the bigger films, especially on the small screen, like Daredevil and everything. With this universe expansion, we're getting some better villains like we got with Killmonger and Black Panther and the villains in Marvel, but we're also getting more representative audiences, more we're better small TV shows on a small screen. We're getting a lot of new things that Marvel hasn't quite had before, and that expansion is providing Marvel with new life and new characters and new villains, and it's really giving them everything that they need to have. Yeah, it's because of Kevin Feige. Like, he's really just taking, like, a step forward. Like, he really knows what he's doing. He's really getting to the punch. Yeah, the way that Kevin Feige is tying this universe together and bringing together all these new movies, new characters, new TV shows, and new story arcs, it's pretty outstanding, and honestly, it's unprecedented. We've never seen something like this before, and if Feige can continue to lace together all of these new universes, it would be legendary and something that people won't forget for a long time, especially a post-Thanos' snap and post-Avengers Endgame. That'll be it for today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed.